but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Each day's own evil is sufficient. Matthew 6, 33-34 Dear Heavenly Father, we confess that it's easy to get caught up in the worries and distractions of this world. Our minds often race towards tomorrow's concerns, neglecting the blessings and opportunities you've placed before us today. Help us to refocus, to seek your kingdom and your righteousness as the foremost desire of our hearts. Instill in us the faith to trust that as we prioritize your will, you will provide for all our needs. Help us to live in the peace of the present moment, knowing that you are our provider and protector. Thank you for this assurance, this promise of provision and peace in your word. May we walk through each day with our eyes fixed on you, inspired by the promise that as we seek you first, everything else will fall into place. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we trust for tomorrow. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we rely on today. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Welcome to Pray News, where hope is our only bias. Today's news at a glance, Congress narrowly avoids a complete government shutdown. Workers from Kaiser Permanente threaten the biggest healthcare worker strike in history. And California Senator Dianne Feinstein passes away at the age of 90. Today we reflect on just how fragile life can be. We are never quite in control of our circumstances, although we anxiously try and gain control every day, and that gets us in a lot of problems. Proverbs 27 reminds us not to boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what the day might bring tomorrow. Today, let's commit to living in the moment, being present, and looking for every opportunity to be faithful and make an impact on the world right here, right now. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? As Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry about those things. Instead, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness right here, right now in this moment, and everything else will work itself out later. We're glad you're here. We pray today's take on the news leaves you informed and transformed. If you've been impacted by this take on the news, would you consider sharing it with a friend? Sharing an episode with a friend ensures that other people get to hear the hope of Jesus in the gospel, but also get to be informed on today's news. Before we get to today's first story, let's hear a word from these sponsors. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. In a last-minute scramble to avoid a government shutdown, Congress passed a stopgap funding bill with overwhelming Democratic support late on Saturday. Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy abandoned demands from his own party's hardliners for a partisan bill, leading the House to pass the measure with a vote of 335 to 91. The stopgap bill manages to keep the government's lights on until November 17, 2023, averting a shutdown that would have caused most of the government's 4 million employees to go unpaid and halted many federal services, from national parks to financial regulators. Democrats described the bill's passage as a victory, highlighting that Speaker McCarthy had bowed to bipartisanship. 209 Democrats and a surprising 126 Republicans decided it was time for a crossover. 
Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was seen nodding wisely, mouthing the words, I told you so, as the rare moment of bipartisanship unfolded. Kevin McCarthy shifted from his initial stand, in which he insisted that any bill must pass the House with only Republican votes. This change led to some speculation that he may face some ouster attempt from within his own ranks. However, McCarthy stated that he's willing to risk his job for the greater good of the American public, signaling a focus on pragmatic governance over ideological purity. While 209 Democrats voted in favor of the bill, 126 Republicans also added their support, indicating a moment of bipartisanship in a deeply polarized political environment. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer emphasized that bipartisanship was always the solution to avoid this shutdown. One noticeable aspect of the bill was its lack of additional aid for Ukraine, something that Democratic Senator Michael Bennett attempted to negotiate. The omission of Ukraine aid generated considerable debate, but ultimately, the urgency to keep the government open outweighed the inclusion of additional foreign aid provisions. There was essentially a standoff for lawmakers. We can fund our own government or fund the Ukrainian government. For now, you can't fund both. Lawmakers chose their own government, but it was a nail-biter. The bill's passage was met with a sense of relief, but also sparked debates on social spending and foreign aid. The public discourse seems to align more closely with the government's decision to fund its own government rather than Ukraine, remaining open and cautious approach to foreign aid. The bill's passage also relieves concerns over the U.S. creditworthiness, which was under threat according to Moody's rating agency. The drama unfolded just months after the government was brought to the brink of defaulting on its $31.4 trillion in debt. The bill sets a limit of $1.59 trillion in discretionary spending for the fiscal year of 2024, although some House Republicans are demanding a further $120 billion in cuts. This funding fight is but a precursor to more battles to come as lawmakers are not considering cuts to popular benefit programs like Social Security and Medicaid at this time. While the crisis is averted for now, we have to put a big asterisk next to this victory. It seems as though we've only staved off something worse in the future, but we will continue to be hopeful and pray for the future of our nation and our lawmakers. In the wake of the avoided government shutdown, we are reminded of the biblical teaching from Ephesians 4.3 to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity in any capacity is difficult to achieve, whether it be in our church relationships, our marriages, our businesses, and that extends to the government as well. Unity is something that we are meant to work hard for. In life, there are always going to be competing desires, worldviews, cultures, backgrounds, and incentives. Unity rarely comes easy because people are, well, rarely easy. As believers, let's be pioneers in peace, endeavoring every day for unity in our homes, our churches, and our workplaces. Hopefully, it's a trickle-up effect to our leaders and the nation as a whole. We want to endeavor to keep unity. We want to work hard to make sure that we are honoring all the people around us. The actions of our lawmakers who put aside partisan ambitions to avoid a crisis align with the scriptural guidance towards stability, social order, and unity. While debates on spending and foreign aid will absolutely continue, it's reassuring to witness moments of unity and pragmatism, however fleeting they may be. In a world where divisiveness often reigns supreme, the avoided shutdown serves as a reminder of the potential for cooperation and the importance of responsible governance. It prompts us to pray for our leaders that they may continue to make choices that serve the greater good, just as Scripture mandates. With all this being said, let's lift this story up in prayer. 
Lord, we thank you for the wisdom and unity displayed in passing this crucial bill that averts a government shutdown. May this act of bipartisan cooperation serve as a reminder for all of us to strive for unity and peace. We pray for continued wisdom and courage for our leaders, that they might make decisions that benefit the greater good and reflect your principles in everything. We love you, Lord, and we trust that even as the government might seem unstable at times, your kingdom is unwavering and a pillar that we can lean upon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the clock ticks towards a potential historic labor action, more than 75,000 Kaiser Permanente workers across multiple states, California, Oregon, Colorado, Virginia, and D.C., are poised for a three-day strike. This labor unrest comes after the employee's contract with the healthcare giant expired, making way for what could be the largest healthcare strike in U.S. history. The strike, if it happens, will not only send ripples through the healthcare industry, but also have a direct impact on thousands of patients nationwide. Unions representing the Kaiser workers have argued that the company is experiencing a critical shortage of employees. This shortage, they say, has resulted in severe staffing issues that have, in turn, compromised patient care and increased the mental health strain on healthcare workers across the nation. The union has requested that at least 10,000 new hires be made by the end of 2023 and are dissatisfied with the company's pay increase proposal, which they say does not match the rising cost of living. Does that sound familiar? This looming strike is a part of a larger labor movement resurging in the U.S., particularly over the last year. From the United Auto Workers starting walkouts at the big three U.S. automakers to five-month Hollywood rider strike, the working class increasingly demands better wages and work conditions. This rise in labor action can be viewed as a reflection of the economic fragility and disparity that has plagued this country for the last two years. The stakes are particularly high in the healthcare sector. A strike here could have immediate implications for patient care. According to experts, while core services like emergency departments will remain operational, other essential services like pharmacies and labs could face degradation in several levels, causing delays and reducing outpatient services. Kaiser Permanente has expressed hope to avert the strike, stating that they have made progress on key issues such as a redesignated performance sharing plan and tentative agreements on education, the use of temporary workers, and dispute resolution. The company argues that every provider in the nation faces staffing and burnout issues, partially due to the Great Resignation in 2021 and 22, when 5 million, yes, million healthcare workers left their jobs. From a Christian standpoint, this situation offers a powerful moment of reflection on the biblical concept of justice, dignity, and community well-being. The Bible encourages fair treatment for workers, James 5.4, and underscores the importance of maintaining a balanced approach to labor and rest, Exodus 20. Whether you're an employee, an employer, or a patient caught in the crossfires of this monumental labor action, this is a moment to deeply consider how our actions and decisions affect not just us, but our neighbors as well. The Kaiser Permanente situation, like the year of labor and unrest that has preceded it, holds up a mirror to the United States, reflecting the economic disparity and the urgent need for changes in labor conditions and wages as this economy goes through such a tumultuous season. As negotiations continue, the potential strike becomes not just a point of contention between Kaiser and its employees, but a larger symbol of the struggles that many Americans are facing in a fractured economy. Whether the strike happens or not, the issue it brings to light are a vital part 
of a national conversation that seems long overdue. As we wait for what unfolds in the coming days, this story serves as a poignant reminder of the importance of balance between work and rest, between profit and well-being, and between individual needs and the communal responsibilities. With all this being said, let's lift this story up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift up the workers, the employers, and the patients affected by this looming labor action. Grant wisdom to both sides that they might find a fair and just resolution that not only prioritizes the dignity and well-being of the workers, but also the patients that will be affected. May the situation serve as a catalyst for a broader societal change where economic disparity is addressed and the balance between labor and rest is respected. In line with your teachings, Lord, may we ever be vigilant in our own hearts for what's happening. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Diane Feinstein, the pioneering California senator who broke barriers for women in American politics, has passed away at the age of 90. Her more than three decades in the Senate saw Feinstein become the oldest member, casting her vote as recently as last week. A stalwart Democrat and centrist, Feinstein resisted calls to retire amid concerns about her declining health, leading to a conversation on the challenges of political tenure in the United States. As the nation mourns the loss of an iconic political figure, the question of longevity in public service looms large. Feinstein's life story is one that reverberates in the American psyche. She shattered glass ceilings, becoming San Francisco's first female mayor and a U.S. senator in 1992. She was the first woman to chair the Senate Intelligence Committee and led a years-long review of the CIA's interrogation programs, among other groundbreaking roles. Her advocacy for gun control measures and centrist approach made her a respected, albeit sometimes controversial, figure in the Senate. In the last year, Feinstein faced mounting pressure from both within her party and outside her party to step down due to alleged memory and cognitive issues. Prominent Democrats such as Congress members Adam Schiff and Katie Portner had planned to run for her Senate seat. Feinstein, however, chose to stay, announcing plans to retire at the end of next year, but not before. In this decision to remain in office, Feinstein reflected an older generation of politicians who, for better or worse, choose to stay in power for longer than some argue they should. Feinstein's decision to remain in office despite her declining health mirrors a larger issue in American politics right now. The question of when is the right time for a public servant to step down is in constant debate. The challenge is real, both ethically and practically, as one balances the experience and wisdom occurred over the years with also the physical and mental toll that age inevitably brings. The optics and whispers around Feinstein's health were troubling for many. Videos of people around her instructing her to just say I during committee votes 
cast a pall on her later years in office. This is a wake-up call for politicians that perhaps are extending their tenure longer than they should, and the system that supports such extended tenure for these senior officials. Governor Gavin Newsom has now appointed LaPolza Butler to Phil Feinstein's seat. Newsom's choice, however, was not without its contentious moments. It raises questions about whether the appointment was a fulfillment of a political promise or genuinely best fit for the role. Concerns not unfamiliar to the context of American politics and California politics in specific. While Feinstein's contributions to American public life are indelible, her resistance to stepping down serves as a cautionary tale for an entire generation of politicians. It prompts us to confront uncomfortable but essential questions about the ethics of power retention and the necessary balance between experience and capability. As tributes pour in for the late senator, the community's faith can reflect upon Proverbs 16.31, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Feinstein's years gave her a unique wisdom and perspective that have indelibly shaped American politics. In this time, we want to reflect on the idea of people sharing their wisdom, being mentors to the next generation, without desperately holding on to power. Perhaps it's time for the older generation to become teachers, to become mentors, to be those who pour into a generation ensuring that it succeeds in the future. As we honor Feinstein's pioneering spirit and exceptional career, let us also seize this moment to reflect deeply on the nature of responsibility of public service, examining how our political system and individual politicians must adapt to serve a changing America. In the footsteps of Feinstein, may future generations of leaders find the wisdom to know when to continue and when to pass the torch. May her life serve as both an inspiration and a lesson for all of us. With all this being said, let's close our time together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the life and service of Senator Dianne Feinstein, who broke numerous barriers and made significant contributions to public life. May her spirit of pioneering and commitment to public service inspire future generations who will come after her. We pray for wisdom for our leaders, both those entering public service and those exiting it, that they might serve justly, ethically, and effectively for the betterment of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Pray News. It is our aim to be informed and transformed. We pray today you would proceed with hope, love, and determination to be a force for good. If you've enjoyed this take on the news, consider writing us a review and share your experience. You can sign up for our newsletter at PrayNews.com. There you'll find sources to all of our reporting. Be sure to download the Pray.com app to make prayer a priority in your life and experience the Bible in new, exciting ways. God bless.